Raj Lagami. He's from uh, uh, Kenya, uh, Western Kenya, and uh, he's uh, got a good work going on over there, I believe. You know, it, it, what's impressing about me is God says that his zeal will uh, accomplish the spread of Christ's kingdom over all the earth. And he, he puts zeal in people. And uh, in spite of all the obstacles and kind of a shoestring operation and not much money and all that, Josh keeps moving and doing things uh, and serving the Lord over there. It's amazing some of the things he gets done. He was here for seven weeks uh, back in the summer during the missions conference. And uh, during that time, he worked uh, locally here uh, up at uh, Steve's business, um, uh, Stillwater Designs. And uh, and he visited some churches and ministered and various things and, and got some money together. And, and when he went back, he didn't spend it on himself. It seemed like he spent it on setting up some uh, places where kids could be ministered to. And uh, you, you saw some of that in the pictures there um, t- today. He has two, uh, two preschool locations, one about, oh, about 20 minutes to the south of, of Kakamega, where the center of his operation, and about a, and the other is about a mile to the no, or about uh, an hour's drive to the north, and um, he feeds uh, he feeds them one or two meals a day, five days a week, and they and they're trained, they're helped, they're three to six year olds, and they're given practical things to do, learning about uh, the language, about in English as well as Swahili, and. Uh, they're uh, taught the things of God and kind of a preparation for their, their life to come. And so he's, um, he's doing that work. And he got some new buildings put up up there with some of the money that he took back with him. So it was a good time. Uh, we had a three-day conference while we were there. And you saw some of the dancing. They were dancing around. All they had was a drum. You know, they didn't have any musical instruments. All the nice things we have here, they had a drum. And they start beating the drum and start praising the Lord and dancing and all over the building. And uh, you saw little touches of it. And they were really worshiping God. You feel the presence of God there. You say, well, you mean just with a drum? When hearts are right, you feel the presence of God. And uh, people were worshiping God. And um, we taught, uh, I, I think I taught about five times. CJ taught about five times during the conference. And uh, it's a three-day conference. And... Uh, and uh, people were taking notes, uh, you know, uh, we encourage them to, so they look them up later on. Uh, and, uh, uh, but they were diligent. Lots of them were diligent. We had four people, four pastors come from uh, Tanzania, or uh, it's, a, it's a country south of uh, Kenya, and they came up for the conference. And they were there, really committed guys, and uh, really felt we should pray for them. We prayed for them, and... As we prayed for him, the Spirit of God gave C.J. and I both uh, prophetic words to the to the ministry of the uh, going on down there in in, uh, in Tanzania uh, to encourage him. Uh, again, uh, it's hard to travel around there. It's hard for those people. We paid for their t- to operation to or for their ability to come up and ride the buses and get up there because they didn't have any money. Um, we. Uh, did some different things. We, we went over there. We didn't know exactly what we were going to get into as far as setting up uh, where we're going to meet and have the conference and if we're going to be in a hotel or we're going to do 
some special retreat or something. But we just met at the local building there. And as we met there, we cut down the expenses and it turned out we could do a, a great benefit for, for uh, Joash. We were willing to, we were able to get uh, uh, his car fixed. If you, if you were ever been on the roads over there, you'd understand what I'm talking about. It's hard to understand this. But it's like washboard all the way. Everything's like that, except the main road, which they seem to have fixed some. But uh, you're just shaking all the time as you're moving around, you know. And you just kind of hold your teeth and keep moving. <laughs> Luckily, I don't have any false teeth. But uh, <laughs> you just keep moving and going. And it, it's, it's something. Uh, uh, in fact, as we were helping him get his car fixed at different times, he said, well, this will last you at least two weeks. Because then you get on those roads, man, it shakes things loose. We got him a whole new set of tires and the front ends aligned and new shocks and just a whole. Uh, he, he was having some more work done as we left. Uh, his uh, well uh, 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 motor had gone out and it, the well wouldn't work. And, and uh, so we were able to get that fixed and got a text from him just a day or two after he got back and said the well is working. So praise God they're getting water pumped now to the location where he and his family live. And people use it from around the area as well. So it's just a good conference. I felt like God really moved in it and encouraged the brothers and mainly leaders. They were supposed to be a leaders conference, brothers and sisters. Uh, and basic things that, um, uh, that you know, you'd say, well, you're going to take the deep things of God. Well, what they needed was basic things of the scriptures just to be encouraged and be able to pass on to other people. Uh, I know some of the things were like what we are in Christ, uh, what Christ has done for us, who we are as Christians, a new creation. We, I dwelt some on that and, and, uh, and where they are, where they're located. Don't think about it. It could be better if they were in different places. God's put you right where you are to serve him and do his will. We spent time on that and just talking about simple faith, trusting God, um, looking to God, acknowledging God in your ways. Don't complain and murmur. Walk with God. Trust him. He's put you where you are. That's a good message for all of us, right? Yeah. And just things that would try to encourage him in the Lord. Um, uh, an attitude of thanksgiving and praise and walking with God in faith, demonstrating it by a, a uh, a life of uh, not complaining and murmuring, but thanksgiving and, and trusting God and, and uh, uh, building in a, a daily uh, time of fellowship with God and seeking the Lord. These are some of the things we did. So uh, I just kind of, that's kind of a quick overview. It was really a fast trip. Uh, uh, we, we, fly, we flew to Detroit and then Detroit to Amsterdam, Holland. That was about an uh, eight-hour flight. And we spent then all day there waiting for the next flight, flew all night. Then the next night down to Nairobi, which is about a nine-hour flight. And uh, then we spent all day there waiting for a little hop of 45 minutes over to Kisumu where Joash would pick us up. And, uh, uh, you know, you wonder, well, you seem like you're wasting time and uh, you're sitting there not doing anything, but... Uh, but we, we'd get on uh, the Internet and check our emails and we'd fellowship and we'd uh, just do different things, eat a little bit and wait until we could go take the next flight. 
But it was worthwhile because I, we felt like, both of us felt like God really moved among, in the conference and moved in, as we visited these um, children's homes. So we're grateful we were able to go. It was a good time. Well worth it. Where was the pressure and the time and the trials and all that that's involved? Well, it's worth it to do whatever God wants you to do. So this, it was a good time. And I won't say any more. Come on up, CJ. I know you've got things to say. But it was a great time. Appreciate you folks praying for us and those that helped out in financing, too. Amen. Amen. I just wanted to share a few highlights, uh, a few more highlights about the trip. Um, things that stood out to me, it, as you saw in the video, uh, Pastor Dale preached on uh, life in the spirit, you know, and, and so we gave an altar call and, and invited people to come up who wanted to, re- who wanted to be baptized in the Holy Spirit uh, to receive their prayer language. And uh, between he, me, and Joash, we counted about anywhere from 12 to 15 people that had received their prayer language for the first time. So we're pretty excited about that. Also, we had the opportunity on the last day, the church day, the conference was over, but um, Sunday had a church service and, and Dale preached, uh, preached that message. And then um, we got the opportunity to invite people up for needs who had had needs. And we kind of had to do it. Um, we didn't have interpreters for every person. So a, a, quite a number of people came up and we just uh, just released the blessing of God on release God's kingdom on and prayed for him. And it was real neat. Afterwards, we heard one lady testify before she sat down that she was she was sick. She was weak, had no energy, couldn't eat. And but after we prayed for her, she felt strength come into her body and she was instantly healed. So we're excited to hear that. And then the next day we were um, oh, also a lady there. A mom was testifying on her son's behalf of uh, a gentleman who was sick and and. I was trying to get clarification from Joash on this, but the lady was testifying that her son was sick and he couldn't hear. And I don't know if that meant he was permanently deaf from birth or I don't know the extent of that. But I I kept trying to ask Joash, can you find out about that, find out what she meant by that? And and I still haven't heard back um, because I'd say, was he I'd ask Joash through a text or actually I talked to him there and then I asked him through email. You know, was he permanently deaf or was he temporarily deaf and he was healed and everything? And then Joash would say, yes. And da da da. It's not what I meant. But anyway, the lady testified that her son, um, it was apparent he couldn't hear because as Dale was preaching uh, during the session when he was brought there, he would just sit there with a blank face. It was like he wasn't responding uh, to anything. But she testified that after we prayed for him, he was healed and he could hear. Um, I was like, praise God for that. And then another one, the next day we were driving uh, all over the country, it seemed like, and Dale and I were falling asleep. You know, I fell asleep and, and uh, just a long, nice drive until you hit a bump, you know, to wake up. And, but uh, we're driving and, and you saw the uh, baboon on there. We, he, he said, hey, check this out. And we woke up and there was just, we were, there was a forest on the side of the road and it was just, bunches and bunches of these baboons and you saw how close we were i could have reached out and almost you know if i would have reached out of the uh, vehicle and touched it that's how close they came up to us uh, but just wild on the in the uh, on the on the side of the street in the in the forest but anyway as we were uh driving joash gets a phone call and it was a lady who had come she was in the service the day before and she had come up for prayer on her husband's behalf 
And she said that, Joash related this to us, that her husband had been beaten. Um, so he was beaten, and so he was in home, in bed, sick, and, you know, beat up, I guess. And, and so she came up for prayer, and then she called the next day to say her husband was up out of bed healed. I was like, praise God. You know, that's pretty exciting. And there's, there's one testimony I'm still waiting for. The, the, road, the record is still out there. I'm still waiting. Uh, but before I left, when we had prayer Wednesday morning, and uh, those of you who were there uh, will remember this, but uh, someone shared a dream that they had, had something to do with a significant healing in Africa. They had a uh, vision or a dream about uh, healing in Africa. Uh, and then she found that I was going to Africa. So I thought, OK, that's pretty, pretty interesting. Well, during one of the services, there was a man who um, when Dale was preaching, I was sitting up and then I could see out the door. And so I was kind of watching people. But I was paying attention to Pastor Dale preaching. But I was also um, watching, just watching sights. And this, this man was coming. I could tell he was walking real laborsome, you know, real. You could tell he had a lot of pain in his, his legs or his feet. Well, he came and I was just watching him and. And looking in his eyes, it didn't seem like he was all there. And so anyway, he came into the service and then people were kind of looking at him funny. You know, you know, that look we give people who don't look like they're all there. You know what I'm talking about? Well, everybody was giving him that look. And then when we um, when people came up for ministry, I believe it was during the time when we had people come up for baptism, in the Holy Spirit. Well, this this gentleman came up uh, front and um, I could tell someone he kneeled down and and uh, so I I just couldn't wait to lay hands on him, pray for him. So I laid hands on. Him. Of course, I didn't know what was wrong with him, but I was just praying the prayer of faith and releasing God's kingdom all over him. And I w- and I laid my hands on his feet and was praying for his feet. And I declared and I prophesied. I said, these feet will carry the gospel of Jesus Christ. These healed feet will carry the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so then he he uh, got up and went back to his seat and he left and then he came back again, came up. And so I laid hands on him again, prayed for him again. And um, and then when he left and he was gone, I didn't see him anymore because I was waiting to try to talk to him through Joash and everything. But then he left. So I believe I I didn't get to see him afterwards, but I believe that we're going to hear through Joash that this man came back and God healed him. And then he's now preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ all over the place. So that's what my expectation is. Um, in that. So anyway, we had a very good time. I always enjoy traveling with Pastor Dale. Um, we just have a good time of fellowship and, and it's amazing, our brother, the grace of God that's on him in traveling. Because, I mean, traveling wears you out. You're, you're flying for nine hours on the plane and you're waiting in the airport for 11 hours and it's just, you know, you're doing all this kind of stuff and what we were doing and we'd get off a plane, we're looking for internet. Where can we go plug our internet, you know? So that's all you have to do for 11 hours and look around the stores and that kind of thing. But it's always a joy to um, to travel with Pastor Dale. And and he has so much grace. And, and I was encouraged by his example, because one time we were uh, he didn't know I was going to share this. And he doesn't until I share it. And he didn't give me permission, but I'm going to share it anyway. And I repent later. But because he's a very forgiving pastor. So but. But one thing, remember when we were at the restaurant, we took Joash and his family out to the restaurant and we we're trying to decide what to eat. You know, they have pictures so you can. Ooh, that looks good. I'm going to get that. Don't know what it is, but I'm going to get that. Well, they had a picture of a, a chef salad, the American style chef salad. It's like, ooh, look at that. You know, the lettuce, tomatoes, the eggs, the cheese, chicken strips, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then and Dale said, I think I'm going to get this. And I was thinking, man, that looks good. I'm going to get that, too. But I thought. 
I'm really hungry. I want something with more substance. So I got something else, which anyway, I won't go there. But I got something else. Well, when they brought his, <laughs> his salad, <laughs> his chef's salad, it was uh, cabbage with carrots sprinkled through it. And, uh, and I looked at it and I said, that's not a chef's salad. And he, he was looking at it. We were both kind of looking at it like, wow, this is not the picture. I said, I said, Dill, I think he brought you the wrong thing. Well, then the guy came back and I guess he could tell by the look on our faces that something was wrong because we were intently gazing at this thing. But uh, and we were trying to explain to him, this isn't, you know, and Dale said, is there any dressing? And he was like, you know, well, he didn't understand this. You know, he act like he did because he would nod. But he obviously didn't understand this. Well, he uh, we were pointing to the picture. They had this little thing of what we look like ranch. Right. So he said, you know, can we have dressing? And I said, yeah, where's the meat? You know, there's supposed to be meat on there. So he takes it back away and then he comes back and he put there's splotches of mayonnaise. And then for the meat, I thought there was sliced um, lime placed on it. Lime. Yeah. Slice, slice. So he had cabbage and carrots, sliced lime and mayonnaise. <laughs> and what does Pastor Dale say? Well, praise the Lord. Pass the ketchup, you know. <laughs> See, because if it would have been me, if I would have ordered that and they would have put that in front of me, I would have said, praise the Lord. <laughs> I would have been crying. Because I'm not a, I don't like raw cabbage. I'm not a mayonnaise eater. And I only like lime in my tea. So it would have been a, it would have been a trial and tribulation for me. But anyway, uh, we had a great time and we definitely appreciate you guys praying for us because we could feel and experience the grace of God. We didn't get sick at all. While we were over there, uh, although I knew at one time we ate some bad meat, I thought it was weird spices, but then I realized that's not a weird spice. That's bad meat. And I realized I'd already taken three bites of it. And then I was very grateful. You know, when you go on mission trips, you do pray for your meal. I mean, you really pray. We're not talking the generic American, oh, God bless this food, blah, blah, blah. I mean, it's in Jesus' name. Come out! <laughs> But you really pray seriously because, you, you know, you trust what people are giving you. It, but, you know, we didn't get sick and, and it was a, it was good. It was all good. But anyway, what I want to share and I only have a few minutes left and, and I'll be getting into this more in the weeks to come. But the thing that was really cool was while we were there, we, we had a lot of downtime, a lot of a lot of time to ourselves because we would finish about four ish, four thirty in the afternoon. And then uh, we'd run errands and then Joe, I should drop us off around six o'clock. And then we'd go in our rooms and rest, take a nap or whatever, then have dinner together. Then we'd go to our room. We'd be done by 8.30, 8, 8.30, 9 o'clock. And uh, so then we just go to our rooms. Uh, Dale had his room and I had my room. And I'm a late nighter, so I don't go to bed till 12. So I had four hours of just hanging out. And it was really awesome because the Lord, we had very good times in the Word and, and just worship and everything. But he really began to speak to me and show me um, why we are doing what we are doing, why we've been doing what we've been doing here at New Covenant Fellowship. <clears throat> and it really began to stir my heart. I remember one morning I woke up at, it was about 2 o'clock in the morning. Of course, your internal clock's all messed up. It's all, you can imagine, it's all messed up. So instead of waking up at 5 like I normally do, I usually wake up at 5, use the bathroom, go back to bed for a couple hours, and then get up. 
Well, I woke up at 2 o'clock. kept waking up that early. And I woke up, and I was so excited that I couldn't go back to sleep. And I just kept thinking, 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 thinking. And all I could think about was revival. Revival. That's all I could think about. And he was showing me that everything we've been doing, he's been encouraging us to do and challenging us to do, is for one purpose. And he said, we are building for sustained revival. So everything we've been doing has been intentional for the purpose of sustained revival, not revival that comes, blows in on Friday and, and leaves on Monday. But when God's able to come in and be and, and have his presence manifest in, in such a way that we're familiar with concerning revival, but as long as he wants to stay. And I believe, unfortunately, that there are revivals that don't last as long as God intends because the people involved didn't build to sustain it. And what I mean by that, one particular thing, those of you who have been around for at least uh, last several months, for at least two years, we've been talking about relationship. Anybody remember that? Talking about relationship. How many of you realize that relationship is very important, especially concerning revival? Give you an example. Let's say that that God begins to move here in wonderful ways and he begins to highlight somebody. Let's say he highlights Taylor. In other words, he highlights her and pulls her out and begins to use her in powerful, powerful, powerful ways. Now, we can do one of two things. Actually, there's more than two, but we can either celebrate, come around her and celebrate and lift her up and, and join in with what God's doing through her. And lift her up, pray for her, endorse her. You know what I'm saying? Or we can get jealous and say, who does she think she is? I mean, does God know who I am? Who does she think she is? What right does she think she has to be used by God like that? And we can get jealous. And then what can happen is there can be gossiping. Not that that would ever happen in this place. But there could be gossiping. There can be murmuring, grumbling, complaining. And then do you believe that God's blessing is going to rest on that place? Eventually, some, it's just going to, it's going to tear it apart. Because the Bible says that where brothers dwell together in unity, God commands his blessing there. That's where he commands his blessing. And the, but, but the Bible also talks about in Ephesians about, um, about quenching or grieving the Holy Spirit. It talks about that in the New Testament. We can quench, we can grieve him. And I guarantee you, if God starts moving on through Taylor and then we start gossiping and backbiting and murmuring about her and that kind of thing, that's going to grieve and quench the Holy Spirit. And then the wonderful move that we are experiencing will come to a, a quick halt. And I believe that's why certain things happen or revival stop is because of relationship breakdown. Where people, the Bible talks about not being uh, full of selfish ambition and that kind of thing. Where you prefer one another. You know what I'm talking about? And see, these are real situations and re this is a reality. That when God moves, sometimes he does, he highlights certain people. When you read about the Great Awakening and, and, and all the revivals, there are certain names that you can read about in, in history books. Certain people that God highlighted. That doesn't mean that they were the only ones that God was using. But for some reason, God decided to put them on the pages of history. What if Taylor's name gets put on the pages of history? Are we okay with that? 
And so I believe now when we first started this years ago, I wasn't necessarily thinking this way. But looking back, I believe relationships are so important. Relationships are so important. And you may be, you may have remember me sharing that there's two things I felt like the Lord wanted to do here. Two cultures he wanted to, to build. One is a culture of honor. A culture of honor. That is where we love each other just like Jesus loves us. That may sound familiar like in John chapter 13, verse 35-ish, somewhere around there. This is how the world will know that you are my disciples, by the love that you have for one another. Culture of honor where we really love each other. Now, that doesn't mean there's not going to be problems. I can promise you. When revival comes, like we're praying for it and we're desiring for it to come, there will be problems. There will be counterattacks of the enemy. When God does things and things begin to happen and things change, there can be some practical changes that happen that cause you to get offended. And if you allow yourself to take up offense and get offended, then guess what? You are disqualifying yourself from being used by God. Because when you allow yourself to get offended, you are taking the bait and getting trapped by the enemy. Because God says that we're to forgive others. And if we don't, then he won't forgive us. That means there's some kind of a blockage there. Wouldn't you agree? So relationship is extremely important. We've been talking about hospitality. That's not by accident. That's by Heavenly design. Remember Peter, first Peter chapter four. He said, the, I'm paraphrasing, the world is coming. You know, it's coming to an end. Therefore, be alert for prayer. But he says, but even more than that, love each other intensely. And then he goes on to say, be hospitable. With one another. And we talked about the background of what was going on during that time when Peter wrote that. Nero and, and all that that mess going on. So relationship, relationship, relationship. Whenever Pastor Dale went on that trip to uh, China years ago and he came back and he shared with the elders and he shared in staff, he said that the Lord told him that relationship is everything. And of course, we all agreed and nodded our heads and said, yeah, relationship is everything. But I don't think when he shared that we really understood what the Lord was trying to say to us. But that seed, that prophetic seed was planted in our spirits. And that's beginning to come to fruition. Relationship is everything. It is. Relationship. I mean, you think about it. You can, you can sum up the whole New Testament in relationship. Love God, love each other, period. Amen? So what is Revival. In a nutshell, it's where the atmosphere is saturated with his presence, his tangible presence. Where the atmosphere is saturated, saturated, it's a new word. When it's saturated with his presence. You know, John chapter 14, verse 21, Jesus says, He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Then Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered and said to him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words and the word which you hear is not mine, but the father's who sent me. There is a special manifestation of Jesus and his father that he promises to his believers. There's a special manifestation. Isn't God omnipresent? Isn't he everywhere? 
So someone can say, what do you mean revival? God's presence. God is everywhere. Yes, he is everywhere. But there is a special manifestation of his presence that he promises to his believers. That's what we want. That's what we want. We talk about the presence of the Lord, the presence of the Lord. Sometimes we can misunderstand that and think it's, it's a, like a cloud, a mist, a, a, or something like that, and we can make it impersonal. And the, you remember the, the, the dialogue between Moses and, and God? Exodus chapter 33, verse 1 through 5. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, Depart, go up from here, you and the people whom you have brought up from the land of Egypt, to the land of which I swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying, To your descendants, to your descendants I will give it. I will send an angel before you, and I will drive out the Canaanites, the Amorite, the Hittite, the, per- the Perizzite, and all the mosquito bites, and all those people. Go up to the land, flowing with milk and honey, for I will not go up in your midst, because you are an obstinate people, and I might destroy you on the way. When the people heard the sad word, they went to mourning, and none of them put on his garments. For the Lord had said to Moses, Say to the sons of Israel, You are an obstinate people. Should I go up in your midst for one moment, I would destroy you. Now, therefore, put off your ornaments from you that I may know that I sh- that uh, what I shall do with you. OK. And then in verse 12, then Moses said to the Lord, see, you say to me, bring up this people. But you yourself has not have not let me know whom you will send with me. Moreover, you have said, I have known you by name and you have also found favor in my sight. Now, therefore, I pray to you, if I have found favor in your sight, let me know your ways that I may know you. You so that I may find favor in your sight. Consider, too, that this nation is your people. And he said, my presence shall go with you and I will give you rest. Then he said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not lead us up from here. For how then can it be known that I have found favor in your sight? I and your people. Is it not by your going with us so that we, I and your people may be distinguished from all the other people who are upon the face of the earth? The Lord said to Moses, I will also do this, this thing of which you have spoken, for you have found favor in my sight, and I have known you by name. Then Moses said, show me your glory. So right here we see that God says, you know what, I'm going to give you the promised land, but I'm going to send an angel, and you guys, and I'm going to wipe out everybody, all your enemies, and you guys are going to get the promise. You're going to get the promise that I promised to you. And many people say, wow, cool, an angel, the promise? Bring it. But Moses didn't say that. He says, hold on, time out, God, because he caught it. You know, I don't know if God was trying to slip it past Moses real quick or not. Probably not. But Moses said, hold on, wait a minute. Time out a second. What do you mean an angel? I don't want an angel. I want you. I want you. And he says, matter of fact, if you don't go, I'm not going either. And see, God interchanges him with his presence. In other words, when we talk about the presence of God, we're talking about where God is. So when we say we enjoy the presence of the Lord, that means God's manifest presence visits us in a special way. So the presence of the Lord is where God is, where he manifests. It would be like if um, I'm at home and Lisa's at Walmart and she calls me up. She says, hey, honey, what you doing? I said, oh, nothing, enjoying your presence. I said, what? What do you mean enjoying my presence? I can only enjoy her presence when she's there with me or I'm there with her. Amen? So when we talk about we want more of God's presence, we're talking about God. 
We want God. We want Him to manifest Himself in such a way that lives are changed. Lives are radically changed. And so everything we have been doing up to this point, realize the Lord is showing me that His desire is for us to build for sustained revival. For Him to have His way. You know, this morning during, during worship, I was worshiping and, and then I said, Lord, I said, Holy Spirit, have your way. And before I can get those words all the way out of my mouth, Holy Spirit, have your way. He said, I am. Like, oh, okay. Keep having it. Why revival? What's the big deal about revival? I'm going to be talking about that. But one, he shows up. That's bottom line. He shows up. Number two is people become repentant and refreshed. You know, Candy shared something earlier this morning that I thought was very right on. That a true move of God is not just about the manifestations and not about the fireworks, not about the cool stuff that happens, the healings and all that kind of stuff, which we want all that. But when God's people who are called by his name humble themselves and pray and seek his face and turn, when we turn from our own wicked ways and we turn to him, and when you have the body of Christ doing that, that's called revival. Because then what happens is you have a bunch of people that are totally yielded to him, totally submitted to him, and then he's able to work through them like he desires. And then that's when you see people getting healed. That's when you see the gospel being proclaimed in the Walmarts and in the marketplaces, and in the schools and at the workplaces. Because vessels are yielded to him and they're saying, God, I'm yours. I'll do and go where you tell me to go. I'm all about you. What do you want me to do? He says, just go to work. Then I go to work and I'm with my fellow employees. And then he tells me to do something and I do it. He tells me to say something and I say it. It's not about us just getting excited. But it's about repentance. People are saved, healed, and set free. That's a definite mark of revival. I was also reminded when I was in Kenya, something that the Lord put on my heart. He gave me a vision years ago, a couple of years ago, and I shared it a couple of years ago. Like in an illustration form. And it, it's like we're all in here worshiping, just getting lost in His presence. And God is just being God in a wonderful way. And we're just having a great time. And then someone comes in and they're just being diagnosed by a doctor that they're going to die. And they got this, these problems in their body and they're going to die. So this guy comes in off the streets and he, he's encountered by an usher. And he says, and the usher says, hi, welcome. May I help you? Because he could tell the guy's pretty frantic. And he says, I need to speak to the preacher. I need to speak to your preacher. It's like, well, what's going on? Can you share with me what's going on? And he says, I've just been diagnosed with this and that. The doctor says, I have just a short time to live. I need to see the preacher. And then the usher says, come with me. And he walks the guy to the doors, opens the doors, and we're all in here. And then the usher says to this gentleman, anybody in here will do. I don't know if you get that. Anybody in here will do. You don't need a preacher. You don't need an elder. You don't need a missionary. See all these folks? Any one of them will help you. And then he reminded me, you know when that happens? 
in revival. When we get our eyes off each other, we get our eyes on Jesus and we begin to love each other the way he's called us to. It's going to be pretty exciting around here. Last thing I'll share is a I was reminded of this also recently. I had a dream some years back. And uh, I believe I was preaching. And there was a lady that was here and there was an altar call given and there was ministry going on. There's ministry going on. Different people up here, teams and ministering. And, and there was a lady. She was very dignified, dressed in like a business type suit, you know, a skirt and a jacket. It was gray. She had a purple blouse on, blonde hair. And she came up front and she was getting ministered to. And all of a sudden she started manifesting. But the next thing you know, she started throwing up. Next thing she said, I'm free. And she began to dance and scream, I'm free. Her eyes, she was crying and her makeup was getting all messed up. You know, black streaks running down her cheeks. And she kept saying, I'm free, I'm free, I'm free. Some of us were excited about the freedom that this lady just experienced. And some of us were disturbed by the vomit on the carpet. That's what we were concerned about. And I believe what the Lord was showing me was you're not quite ready yet. Now, that was a while ago. That was years ago. I believe we're further along now. In other words, revival is messy. Pretty messy. I've been around situations where it's pretty messy. Matter of fact, what trip was that? Mexico. Where's Wayne? Wayne, you in here? Were you, remember when we were at that church and there was all kinds of ministry going on? Were you around that brother that was throwing up? You, you remember that? Emily? Do you remember that? You, were, you saw that? There was a brother that was throwing up and he was getting set free. You remember that? So it's not always pretty and nice and cute and quaint and all that kind of stuff. But I believe the Holy Spirit is wanting us to say, Lord, bring it. Whatever you want to do, bring it. Just prepare me. Prepare me. And that's what we need to do. That's what we're going to be talking about. How do we prepare? What do we need to do to line up, to align ourselves with heaven so God can bring his glory and do what he wants to do? What do we do? I believe there's some practical things we can do. And I just want to share my heart This is where I'm headed. And by God's grace, this is what my life is going to be given to. Is his presence. Revival. And I want to ask you if you'll go with me.